Hello, hi, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mawusi Raglan, known as Wurag, and I have with us a special guest today. Her name is Susan Parso, and she's going to share with us how she overcame domestic violence. She is definitely a survivor. Let's welcome Susan. How are you? Hi, I'm great. So, how are you feeling today? Good. A little bit nervous, really, but <laughs> yeah, I'm really yeah. good today. I know it's, it's okay. It is a little bit of nerves going on. Go ahead and take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. Yes. So how was it like for you growing up, Susan? What was your childhood like? Well, um, my parents separated when I was four and they fought a lot. And I was just telling my therapist, the only memory I have of my parents together is of them fighting and I don't remember anything else. <laughs> wow. And then they briefly got back together when I was seven. And that lasted a few months. And then my dad left again. My mom has mental illness or she had mental illness. And so it was really, um, I didn't have the best childhood. It could have been worse, but it wasn't wonderful. <laughs> what was it like? Was it lonely? Was it a um, lot of arguing? Yeah, my, yeah my mom. Uh, so my dad left when I was four and then he would come on the weekends and visit us and that was like the little bit of normalcy and I spent summers with my grandparents um, in Ohio I would spend like six seven eight weeks with them and that was the only time of my life kid you're going in and out repeat that one more time so um when I spent summers with my grandparents it was the only time that I was able to feel like a normal kid Wow. Yeah. So my mom, um, she had depression and, um, well, they called it schizophrenic episodes Yes. and she had lots of anxiety. And now that I'm an adult and have a kid, I can say, Oh, now I kind of understand my mom a little bit better, but it was really hard for her to deal with everyday stress. And she would take it out on my sister and me. So she used to hit us a lot and scream at us. And really, we didn't know why. And so then when I was, um, 13, I, my sister and I both moved in with my dad and then life got a little like, oh, well, a lot better after that. And how were you at that time when you moved in with dad? I was 13. Okay. So when you were growing up with mom, it was, was it scary for you? I thought it was normal, really. I mean, I hated it when I was in the eighth grade or seventh grade. Oh, middle school was terrible, but <laughs> I remember like I was doing dishes and I like held a knife up to my wrist. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to just kill myself. And that's not normal for like a 12 year old to feel that way. So, but I thought that was just what life was like. I didn't really know because my best friend, her mom used to smack her around and yell at her too. So I just kind of thought that's what life was like. Oh, wow. Except when I knew my grandparents didn't do that, but I didn't. <laughs> really get it that life could be different well yeah a lot I hear that it becomes normal yeah of environments and it's a way of survival and I think that's why a lot of the the things the memories that you have had you block them out mm -hmm. you were trying to survive through that so yeah that's what I learned you let you that people who've gone through trauma in childhood, like can't remember their childhood. And I thought it was just me. And I learned that that's like a common thing. I recently learned that. So I'm like, whoa. Yeah, and 
and you know, it's because I work with a lot of, I work with students, students, I'm an educator. So I come across a lot of different schizophrenic, bipolar, ADHD, a lot of different kids with different backgrounds. And so I have taught them how to adapt and how to maintain and overcome and don't let the labels affect you. So a lot of times, yeah, so what you're going through is uh, you're from a background that have mental illness. Mm -hmm. So it affected you. And so you just have to be on survival mode. And it's something that I wasn't taught, but it's, it's, for me, it's common sense because I guess, because I'm in that field, Mm -hmm. you know, I work with those type of people, the way that your mother was. And mm-hmm. it does become stressful. So how did that affect your adulthood? Well, after I moved in with my dad, I kind of didn't think about childhood anymore. And I would still go visit my mom sometimes. And um, my dad never talked bad about her, yep. um, which is pretty amazing. Right. Yes. He tried really hard to say, well, you know, it's how she is. She has mental illness you know, she still loves you. And so I just kind of blocked everything out. And I was so like happy, I guess, living with my dad, um, that I didn't really, I just kind of moved on and didn't think about it anymore. But now as an adult, and I look back and I see all the patterns, I was like, oh, it sure has affected me and still does. (laughs) Right. And that's what happens is that those when you're growing up in those environments, it does carry on. You see a pattern later on in life looking back, mm-hmm. right? So what would you like to share with the audience today? What is your message today today for the audience, Susan? Well, just even though I've been through all these things and I had a very abusive marriage, that there's still hope that you can heal and move on and thrive. And like my life is like so different now one year later after leaving my husband and um that there's still there's still hope and not to like think that you have to live like that forever because you don't right what was your experience like in a domestic violence marriage Mm -hmm. well after um I, you know, didn't live with my mom anymore. I was like, I'll never let anyone ever hit me again. And I had some friends that when I was young that had abusive boyfriends. I'm like, you need to get away from him. How could you? And I'm like, I will never let that happen to me. And then fast forward, here I am at 40 years old and I end up in a a very violent, abusive marriage. And like, I don't even know how it happened or how I let it go on for so many years. I was, um, we were together about seven years, but he was violent for the last four of them. And it's just shocking to me. Like, how did I in my forties end up in this situation after I, you know, promised and vowed that would never happen to me. Cause I went through it enough as a child. And I remember telling my husband, cause you know, they're always sorry afterwards. Like you make me feel like a little girl, like I'm living with my mother again and I can't take it anymore. So how did you get involved in that relationship? How did you get involved? And when did it start happening? When did you start noticing the signs and the triggers? We, um, I, I'm a school teacher, <laughs> which is even more shocking because I do work with kids and I'm trained to see, I was telling the school counselor 
Um, I'm trained to see this stuff and how did I let it go on so long in my own life? But I was teaching school in Colombia in South America and we met down there. He's Colombian and we fell in love and we had so much fun. We lived together for two years and then uh, we had a baby and we came back to the U.S. And then that's when everything started going crazy. He just, I don't know if it was stress and all his demons came out or, you know, culture shock. I don't know what happened, but something clicked in him and it started about um, four, six months or so after he was in the U.S. Wow. So how long were you with him before the domestic violence started? Because about three years. Wow. Three yeah. years. Mm-hmm. And what was that experience like the first time that it happened? The fir- well, the first time, well, he yelled at me a few times in the few months before he hit me. And I was like, what is wrong? What's going on? That's, oh, it's culture shock. I got to get him help. But then it was in <laughs> September. I got to get him help. Yeah, that's what I thought because he's like screaming at me and I'm like, what is going on? And then um, September, which it was our anniversary of when we met, um, that's the first time he hit me. And he didn't hit me. He like beat me up and I had to call 911 and I ran into the street and he like ripped my pajamas off of me and told me that if I was going to embarrass myself, I'd have to do it naked. And he ripped my pajamas off. And I was like, what? I was like shell shocked. I didn't understand what was happening because he'd never acted like that before. And I waved down a car to call. Yeah. He smashed my cell phone. I waved down a car in the middle of the street. Yeah. It was really terrible. And guess what? I forgave him. Well, you know, in, I'll tell you that they, what I've learned, Susan, is that a lot of people that are abusive, they manipulate you. They do things to make it seem like, oh, it was your fault. I love you. If this didn't happen, if you didn't make me do that, it would have never happened. They try mm-hmm. really hard to keep you isolated and in their arms. So don't mm-hmm. feel bad because of the experience. It's you were dealing with a monster. This is something that he was just like waiting to do, you know. That's how it felt. Yeah. Right. Like a total monster. What happened? Wait, we moved way here. We I took we met here in Colombia. We ended up in America. I had a baby and everything with you. And then you waited until I'm comfortable, settled with you, in love with you. Three years, yeah. And then you dropped the bomb on me, like the beat down. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're in the street running for your life. Yeah. It had to have been the most scariest situation in life. And you didn't feel safe after that. No. But did you, I could, what happened? I forgave him. He, he got, he got arrested and um, I'm like, oh, I just, I'll want to drop the charges. You know, he has some issues. He's you know, he's culture shock, you know, he witnessed the murder of both of his parents, you know, he has, oh yeah, so he has his own issues, he needs help, he has to go to counseling and get help, and then he'll go back to the way he was, and of course, everyone probably laughed at me, because they know the pattern, but I wanted to help this man that I love, father of my child, and so um, he stayed out of the house for like six months, um, and went to counseling and then he came home and then things were okay for a little while, but not for very long. And I don't, the counseling didn't help at all. So <laughs> I don't think gone away from home for six months to get help. 
Yeah, he lived with my sister and um, her neighbor. And so what was that experience like? <laughs> oh, he had an affair with the neighbor, but I didn't know about it till like two years later. She, yeah, she's married with three kids and she was supposedly my friend. She actually signed my marriage certificate. <laughs> I could tell you so much, but that's probably another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different show. But Susan, but this, these stories are real. These stories need to be told. This is what happened. So he comes back after supposed to be getting canceled so that you and he can have a wonderful marriage and work through all the hard times. Yeah, they're still, they're still having an affair, but he's off in New York now because he ended up homeless when I kicked him out last year. So now he has family in New York. So he's there now, but he's still been carrying on the affair all this time. And she's married with three kids and her husband knows and doesn't care, I guess. I don't know. It's a crazy story. Wow. Yes, it does. I mean, it, <laughs> it's a very crazy story, Susan. So did, <laughs> did you, so your friends and family knew what was going on? My, I'm, my sister knew. Yeah. My sister knew that he hit me. And it was her best friend he was having an affair with. And um, knew the whole she time. finally. Did th she know the whole time, Susan? Well, she'll, she'll go back for sometimes she'll say she, she knew. And sometimes she'll say she didn't know, or she had suspicions, but I don't really know. Was he a partner? Oh yeah. He always accused me. He accused me of cheating with my brother-in-law. So near the end, this is, I think this is kind of, you know, they tell you, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. But, you know, actions speak louder than words. So near, the, um, I kicked him out of the house last July. So it's been a year. But that February before that, I actually got um, HPV. I wonder why. Because he, and it turned into cancerous, uh, cancer cells. So they had to give me that procedure. And, you know, because he's cheating on me. Who, know, um, who knows with how many women, but at least the neighbor. And, um he told his boss that he had to have the day off of work. His wife has cancer and she's having surgery and he needs to be with her. But instead he couldn't take me because he had to work, but he didn't really go to work. And he went to the neighbor's house and my brother-in-law took me to the hospital right. and took me home. And so when I got home, I said, I'm home. Um, I need help. Like, cause you know, I'm wearing a diaper and I'm in bed and I'm groggy from the, you know, and he came home and dropped my son off. Who's, you know, how old was he? Five, four or five. At what, that last year he was five. He had just turned five. And then he's like, all right, see ya. And I'm like, are you seriously leaving? He's like, I gotta go. Went back to the girlfriend's house and left me alone with a five-year-old and didn't come back till like midnight. And I had to like take care of a five-year-old when I had had surgery and was wearing a diaper, <laughs> I was like, are you? And you let, him back? you let him back after he left. And it was, that's when I was like, oh my God. And then he, that same day, he accused me of sleeping with my brother-in-law. Well, he helped you. I'm like, well, who else was supposed to help me? So I knew, I knew about two years before I left that I had to leave. And I remember thinking I will never have peace and I will never feel good. And I'll never be happy until I leave him. But it took me two years to leave. It's okay, you left. <laughs> what would you say to women that may be facing this, be in the same situation, what would you tell them? That they're not gonna change. 
that you keep giving them chance after chance after like I did. I loved, I still love him, which is weird to say, but I can't have him in my life, but like that he's not going to change. It's not going to stop until you leave. That's the only way it's going to stop. What are the, some of the signs that you could share with the audience with a person that has those tendencies of abusing you? Like beforehand, like yeah. before they ever, um, well, he was jealous. Uh, he didn't want me around any men and he'd always be like, oh, you think that guy's so good looking or, oh yeah, look at that guy, I bet you. And I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm like, that, what else? And um, he, he started yelling at me before he ever hit me. And so if they yell at you in anger or, or um, never accept responsibility when they do something wrong or hurt you, like he would always say, um, that didn't bother you or that didn't hurt you or whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I'm trying to tell you how I feel. Like my feelings are not wrong. I'm just telling you how I feel and you don't care. Um, those are all signs. Yes. Yes. And let me ask you this. You do have a baby with him. When you were getting physically abused, did it affect your son? Was he being abusive to you and your son as well? He, he wasn't purposefully abusive to my son, but my son witnessed like way more than any little boy should ever have to. And one time he was trying to hit me and I was holding him um, and he pushed us into the wall and I had to like contort my body so that he didn't, my son didn't hit the wall. And then he would say, oh, well, that is purposely doing. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I put that in the court papers, actually. That, that he is. Did that. Yes. That, and, and I'm good because this is a crime. When someone's yeah. putting their hands on you, whether you love them or not, if someone is putting their hands on you, that's a crime. That person deserves to go to jail and get press charges upon. Yeah. It's not OK, because if it's going to happen to you, it's going to happen to the next person. If it's going to happen yeah. to the children, it's going to happen to the next children, right? Mm -hmm. so this yeah. is something that you make sure that that person take responsibility for. Yes. Love. When, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. When my son would be upset because his mom is getting, you know, hit. He would witness it. He, would, he witness would witness it and he would run to mommy, mommy. And I would hold him and my husband would say like, Oh, give him to me. And I'm like, no, are you? I'm not giving him to you. He's upset. And then he would say, Oh, you're just using him as a shield. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't know. I don't know how any man could think that about their son, that their mother would use them as a shield. I'm like, no, I'm trying to comfort him because he's upset at the way you're acting. Those are just words to try to keep you down. Mm -hmm. That's what that's all about. It's all about control, Susan. Yeah, when people are domestic when they have these these problems like this, and they are hurting other people. It's they're sick. It's all about control. They don't want you to have friends. They don't want you to have your family around you. They don't want you happy. They want to be in total control of you, your mind, your body, and your soul. So he's going to say anything to make you feel like, oh my god. Yeah, and I used. I would like come home from work and be in a good mood, had a good day. My son and I would be, you know, playing or whatever. And he would walk in the door like a hurricane and, you know, start just be angry. And I'd be like, why do you always have to ruin our good day? Like, 
all just constantly like we can't have like one nice day like he was just angry all the time and you and were scared just, all the time you were scared. I was yeah you were you just, how did it how did the mess the marriage affect your mental health and your physical health how did it affect you well um I gained 80 pounds in a short amount of time like a year less than a year probably probably less than a year and I know I stress eat I learned that because I gained about yeah about 80 pounds and then um I developed like really terrible migraines and then I learned that you can get migraines from concussion and he did give me a concussion and my migraine started shortly after that and um I was just like depressed like I didn't care about living like my son was the only thing that I cared about I know and and at one point near the end it was maybe a month or two before um I finally got him out of the house he was threatening to kill me and threatening to kill himself and I called 911 and told them he was threatening to kill himself. I didn't want to say he was threatening to kill me because I knew that he'd end up in jail and I didn't want him to go to jail. It still felt bad for him, of course. And so they came and then of course he was fine and I'm a mess, I'm crying, I'm like, help me. And I don't know what to do. And they're like, well, he seems fine now so we can't take him. And then in my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna tell them to take me because I want to go to the mental hospital because I can't live like this anymore. And then I thought, no, I can't do that because of my son. And then what if I got like lost custody? My son, my son ended up with him. So all these thoughts are going through my head when I'm talking to the ambulance and the police. And so they said, well, you know, um, you can get a protection order um, if it's, you know, if that's what you want to do. They like whispered that to me, but, um, and I just, you know, had it in my head. And then uh, I guess it was a month or two later is when I finally did it. And I did get a protection order. Good for you, Susan. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. How did you finally decide to leave him? Um, my son was in gymnastics camp. So I was like, my husband was at work. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have hours to just relax and decompress. And this is going to be great. And then 10 minutes later, my husband walked in the door screaming and yelling and calling me names, accusing me of cheating with my brother-in-law. And I'm like, I don't need to listen to this. Oh, and it got worse when I started standing up for myself and saying, I don't have to listen to this or ignoring him. And you're not affecting me anymore. Like, I don't care what you have to say. And that would, that is when the abuse got worse, like really bad the last four or five months that he was in the house. So I got up and I went into my room, but he had kicked the door down so many times that it doesn't shut anymore. <laughs> and so he storms in there and he's in my face telling me that I'm a slut and a whore and I'm fat and I'm a whale and I'm disgusting and ugly and all this stuff. And I'm cheating and with my brother-in-law and I just, and I was like, oh my God. And I was going to exercise. So I had on like my exercise top and a pair of shorts and, you know, I'm a big girl. So it's not like, I don't usually flaunt myself like <laughs> little skimpy outfits but You're a beautiful I, woman that <laughs> well, you. just just <laughs> hang out with me on these little sweat these listen <laughs> just stay in contact with me you see your life change okay <laughs> but so, yeah and I instead of putting on my exercise pants and stuff I just I put on my flip-flops and I'm like I'm leaving and I ran out the door and he followed me. You can't leave. 
Um, and I'm like, yes, I can. And I got in the car and locked the doors and I drove off before he could stop me because he tries to, he's flung himself in front of the car and stuff. So I couldn't leave before. And so I um, was driving and I just started to cry and I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I would rather die because he threatened to kill me if I ever left. One time he said that um, he was going to murder me in front of our son so that my son would know how much he hated me. And I used to, so that's a great dad. Cause then he'd say he loved his son. Like, is that really love? But he only would say that because he knew that's the worst possible thing he could do to hurt me is if he hurt my son. And since he witnessed the murder of his parents, he knows how that hurts, but he would want his own son to feel that pain just to get back at me. I'm just happy you made it out because Susan, so many, there's women that's dying today in the hands of, yeah. of, a, and of a, their abuser and their children. Yeah. This is real. So I didn't put that past him, him telling you this. What, how did you leave him? So I was in the car crying. I didn't know what to do, but the very first, I don't know, one of the time first, he got arrested twice. They gave me a card with a case number and it had the phone number for the YWCA on it. And I, and I put it in my phone, even though I never used it. And um, I knew it was still in there, been in there for a couple of years. And there it was, Jenna, domestic violence, it said. And I was like, I think this must, I gotta, I'm just gonna call them. And, and it wasn't that name, it was someone else that answered. And um, they said, you're not gonna wanna hear. First, they told me to pull over because I was crying. And then they said, um, you're not going to want to hear this, but you need to get a protection order. And I said, I'll do anything because I realized in that moment that I could no longer live like that, that I would rather take the risk of him killing me than to have to live like one more moment in that situation. I just couldn't do it anymore. So the YMCA helped me. Without them, I wouldn't have been able to do it by myself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making that decision to make the rest of your life the best of your life for you and your beautiful yeah. son because you deserve it you had to grow up with this chaos and then you had a breaking point your dad and your grandma your grandpa they helped you out right and then mm -hmm. you ended up later on in life somewhere where you can't even imagine finding yourself there but you found yourself there and yeah it's okay you took your you and your baby out of it to mm -hmm. never look back again. So it's about that. We go through the trials and the tribulations of life, but the, the, but the thing is, is that you learn from that and you're not going to repeat that path again. It's no, never. The path, right? What is life like you for did, uh, today, Susan? What is life like? What is life like for you today? How has it changed? Well, the, the best part about my life now is that when I wake up in the morning and my husband used to always like attack me in the morning, I don't know why, but when I wake up in the morning, I have peace. Ooh. That's the best part. Like nobody's going to attack me. No one's going to scream at me. I don't have to worry about my son being upset or he would try to protect me at the end too. He would yell at his dad. And that's another sign when I'm like, I have to get away from this man. Now I see it's damaging my son. So we both have, we have peace. We have comfort we have stability like we don't have to worry and even though I lost his income from his job I actually have more money 
now than I did before because he's not spending it all. Hello. He would blow all his money and then blow mine. And if I didn't give it to him, he would throw a fit like a two-year-old and take my money. Or I would just give in because I knew if I didn't, he'd beat me up. And I was like, I don't want to deal with this today. So I would give in. So he would spend like, I don't know how much, all my money. And I got into severe debt. My credit score like plummeted. And now my credit score is like 760 and my, um, I'm paying off my debt. I've paid off like $10,000 of debt already. And I still have more money than I did before, even though I'm making these huge credit card payments and I've lost 40 pounds and yeah, my migraines are better. I still have them because I'm not sure what causes them, but, um, I could have been the concussion and the stress. Yeah. I used to get two migraines a week and now I get like one a week or less than sometimes I'll go a couple weeks without one. Um, and so my health is just improved. I'm not like depressed. I don't wish I would die anymore. And when I look at my son, like now I'm like, okay, I still live for him because he's the best thing ever. But now I like, I have other reasons to live too. It's not, my son is not the only thing keeping me alive anymore. No, you have goals and dreams and ambitions and things to do because you yes. make a difference. And by you sharing your story, you're making a difference. And someone I hope so. Yes, you are, Susan. Never doubt that. Because it takes strength and courage to tell a story, to share your story with people that you had to endure. It, it, you had to go through that in the darkness. You had to go through those dark days and, and being scared. But now you're mm-hmm. able to reach back and help others by sharing. I hope so. That you're doing it. I, I just wish, like, I know everyone has to do things in their own time, but I just wish someone could hear this and be like, Hey, if she can leave, I can leave too. Like I can do this. And it it is, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the hardest, scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And I like doing hard things. I like doing scary things. Like, you know, I've, well, I lived in South America and, you know, and I went to college and got a master's degree and I do hard things, but none of that compares to how hard it was to just call the YWCA and like, help me. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. I need help. Cause I was afraid cause he did say that he would kill me if I ever left. And I didn't know if he meant it or not. And I was scared, but I knew I couldn't live like that for like one more day. I just couldn't. And so I was like, I would rather die than have to live with like that for like one more moment. And I figured, well, if I call the YWCA, they'll help protect me. I'll, you know, like I, and so I just did it. I just left and it was terrifying, but it's the best thing I've ever done. The best thing. And so her, Susan's message to you, ladies and gentlemen, is that if you find yourself identifying with her story today and you find yourself in this situation to reach out for help today. We're wrapping it up right now. We thank Susan so much for being on this podcast because today she's made a difference in your life. And so with that being said, I'm going to give you the domestic violence hotline number. It's 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Please make that call. It is a scary decision to have to make but it's the, the most important decision to make 
so that it could save you and your loved one's life, okay? Every day by the hands of a woman, man, a child's either getting killed, murdered today because of child abuse and we're their voices. And a lot of times we put, uh, a lot of people put their children in bad situations. So it's your responsibility to get you and your family to a safe place. Please call 1-800-799-SAFE. And I want to leave you with a poem by Douglas Maylock. It's called, It's Fine Today. Sure, this world is full of trouble. I ain't said it ain't. Lord knows I've had enough and double reason for complaint. Rain and storm have come to fret me. Skies are often gray. Thorns and brambles have come to beset me on the road. But say, ain't it fine today? What's the use in always weeping, making trouble last? What's the use in always keeping, thinking of the past? Each must have his tribulations, water with his wine. Life, it ain't no celebration. Trouble, I've had mine. But today is fine. It's today that I'm living, not a month ago, having, losing, taking, giving. It's time wills it so. Yesterday, a cloud of sorrow fell across the way. It may rain again tomorrow. It may rain, but say, ain't it fine today? Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Susan, for showing up and sh sharing your story with all of us. Because of you, you will make a difference in someone's life. So don't you ever forget it. Enjoy Thank the you. rest of your life and make today the best of your life. Thank you. Thank you for having me and letting me share my story. You are welcome. And thank you so much for showing up today. You have greatness within you. You are very special. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Enjoy.